So, Christopher, what I'm interested in uh, is your talk yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you began by talking about what we call trauma, I have to say. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Just to translate. Mm -hmm. And wounding. Mm. And I was just wondering if you could expand on that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in in this issue. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll... uh, I'll, I'll say a few words, may ask you a little bit, and we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. how we flow. So, the uh, languages, the words, kind of enter into the public discourse a, a lot. And some of them, and they change. You know, they have their shelf life and so forth. And two of the words, as you recall, that I referred to yesterday in the talk is this uh, is trauma, trauma, and uh, and wound. Uh, Generally speaking, it's a reference to the past. It's a reference quite often to the impact on emotional life, mental states, and of course body as well. Person has an, an accident. It, it's a trauma on the body, and it both can take quite some time for healing and renewal to take place. Uh, uh, that might require the good wisdom, counsel, support, and skills of the other to help with the healing and renewal process. But the tendency—that means. The voices which are quite often repeated, what I hear is a person may be experiencing some current difficulties, whatever. There then can be a rather quick leap to the past. The language of, uh, of um, experiencing this trauma Sometimes it's called in childhood or in teenage or in recent uh, uh, years. Could be around deep and painful trauma which causes a lot of uh, anguish. But sometimes the use of the word is almost in a light sense. Oh, I had this traumatic experience. I listened to the content and it's being used in the same way as drama which is deep and very painful and hard to recover from so it's got this spectrum there that's one thing that concerns me and the second also that concerns me as well in the um, the solidification of the memory or memories uh, there it is then regarded as a cause for how I am now. As the cause for how I am now. And as I mentioned in the talk, the repetition of making a past the cause, I think it increases the feeling of being determined by the old. And that feeling of feeling sometimes sorry for oneself, sorry that this has happened uh, to me, then creates another identity called being a victim. And it makes it harder than to 
to work with. And finally, the trauma itself, didn't mention this yesterday, it cannot, or a sequence of them, cannot come out of the blue. It's not some, a cause is not just a cause. It's an outcome of many other factors which brought that about. And it doesn't have its own existence, it's only there as something, because of all the other things that took place for that to happen. Uh, so, the outcome of all of that with the talk yesterday was to be mindful, of course, of just how we use the language, what we are referring to, and is there any unhealthy aspect to it? And that was the general thrust. Mm. Any response? Yes, I I guess, um, and this is a particularly mm. Australian context. Mm. Yeah, sure, go on. Mm. Um, there have been, and it partly because we're you know a frontier country and mm. we have a history of colonialism, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole history of enormous trauma. Yeah, in mm. our Aboriginal brothers and sisters, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which goes, it's just endless. Yes. Um, and it could be seen, for example, in um, a report uh, called Bringing Them Home, which mm. uh, identified thousands, tens of thousands mm. of Aboriginal children mm. who were removed from their birth parents Yes, uh, because they had a lighter skin mm. or for some other particular... Yes authoritarian reason and I mean this is not alone I mean we've just been through another huge issue Mm. with uh, institutional abuse of children Mm. revealing thousands and thousands of children Mm. who've been abused through institutions Mm. particularly the churches Mm. Um, this is trauma on an enormous scale Mm. Mm. and it has deeply affected our country. Mm. And part of the issue for individuals that, that I know and mm. understand mm. and yeah. have been mm. involved with this, and I, I could talk about domestic violence, you know, the fact that we partners kill more than, you know, usually men, yes. kill more than one woman a week in this country. Mm. We're up to almost 60 this year. So... We're awash in many senses, in many sections of our community, with trauma. Mm. And this is not created, you know, this is not a a word that's used lightly in this context. And we've seen the magnitude of it through the the live testimony Mm. of a lot of people. Mm. Um, And I guess I have a sense of it being this being belittled mm-hmm. by the individualization mm. that that you did in this talk. And mm-hmm. I can understand mm-hmm. how that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the particular circumstance mm. of use of language, mm. yes, but it touches on this much bigger issue mm. for many people mm. in this country. And I guess the other part of it is that... Um, it gets re-triggered. I mean, we have a man who was nearly Prime Minister mm. who refused to go to the public apology to Aboriginal people. Mm. I mean, for what it was worth, 
in real terms as not very much. He refused to go. This is alive and well in our midst today, the denial of that trauma and that recreates it. And the other aspect, I think, is this whole issue of epigenetics. I haven't done a lot of neuroscience reading. Mm. You did touch on that in your Mm. talk. My understanding from reading um, an article here and there Mm. is the structure of the brain is actually changed Mm. by trauma. Mm -hmm. And this particularly became apparent with second and third generation Mm -hmm. uh, Jews whose parents and grandparents had been in the Holocaust. Mm. So this lives, it goes on from and goes into generation after generation and it really requires enormous empathy and compassion on our part Mm. because people who have had this history are wounded. There's no no two ways about it. Some of them are are extraordinary and come through that wounding. Others don't. Mm. And, you know, I, I spend quite a lot of time with people who don't. Yeah. And it's very, very uh, um, it's extremely sad and difficult. Mm. Uh, respond and, uh, of course, and hear, hear your good voice and, and a very, very um, important uh, reminder uh, of the expanse of trauma uh, uh, there. And the uh, impact from previous uh, generations, colonialism and uh, privilege and elitism and the discrimination against others and much, much more. And societies have been going on again and again and again there. And just to repeat uh, a little bit there, could there be, could I ask, with the repetition and the frequency of use of the single word, which can help to summarize, I agree. Could there be any danger, anything to feel concerned about if a particular word is used frequently um, and one has no wish for any avoidance or denial, but the same word gets used to describe something. Could there be anything that one should be rather careful about? Look, I think English is an incredibly Mm -hmm. um, flexible, Mm -hmm. manual language. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, if there are people who are referring to trauma in a fairly insignificant way mm. but even in the deep way for a moment I didn't have the ins- I, di- I didn't have the light in, in uh, use of the of the word which is often it will be a consequence of course of the sheer repetition it will go to every area in the lightest of ways and it will end up being rather end up meaningless because there's so many different mm. meanings which mm. is a, a care. but I have other things in mind as well apart from that Anything that one might feel some concern about if the same word is used repetitively? To summarise... Look, uh, honestly, I think 
<laughs> to me, it's a bit like the existence of God. You know, there's this huge problem, mm-hmm. and how we name it is yes. somewhat irrelevant. You know, right. we will. What is the issue for each and all of us is to deal with it. Right. Okay. Right. How we call it. Right. What would be could be supportive and beneficial for all involved to have some exploration and variation in how we call it? What might be beneficial? To be honest, no. it's not a question that I'm interested in. Why not? I've, if you said, how would it be beneficial and of you know, importance to how we can be engaged with these issues? Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that oh, what well, I mean? I'm sorry. I, not I theory. I'm not talking theory. Yeah. Ah, okay. How, um, how, how in the language that we have, this case in uh, English, in the engagement with others to have an expanse of language which is not focused and centralised around an idea of trauma. This word. What might be beneficial? Well, what can we do? Uh, there's, mm. there's an endless amount of things mm-hmm. that people right. can do. I mean, yes. connecting. Um, you know, I, I know two people, two women in my group who are victims of domestic violence mm. a group I, I ride my bike with yes mm. I talk to them I support them mm. you know um, it's the everyday thing uh, it's not changing but you know they know I'm there um, it's about building community in every yes. which way because community is mm. the the absolute you know building community with others and people in this country talk about diversity and what they actually mean is other people who might be from an ethically different background or mm. a different race or whatever but they think like me they don't want to have anything to do with the uh, the diverse people who don't think like them because mm. that's too hard mm. it's too confronting it's mm. too difficult mm. but that's what we need to do and you know there are Always organisations that are running soup kitchens and, you know, doing that sort of work. Get engaged. Mm. It's not hard. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I do uh, agree here that uh, the, the engagement aspect of it is fairly critical. To, I'll give you just uh, two or three examples of what I'm, what I'm referring to here. Mm. <clears throat> It comes back a little bit to the opening talk of the evening that if we centralise too much around any group, any too much around the the word, uh, one of the outcomes of that that one group of people it might be called the white privileged people, people like us, people like us, um, easily there's enough self-doubt, self-blame, putting oneself down, that it becomes one more burden about what I or we have done. And the outcome of that is increasing more guilt, more despair, and the outcome of that is less actual action. Mm. 
the second aspect of and there's already enough self-hate self-blame self-responsibility imposed on oneself I did this or we uh, uh, we did this I think one has to tread very very carefully with the use of the language through the repetition um, <laughs> another another factor uh, as well um, I'm not so sure that in the exploration and the upliftment of the spiritual ethical cultural issues of those people who have been deeply oppressed um, deeply disempowered deeply traumatized whether is to put a whole group of people into that category there I'm not quite sure if it is healing nor if it is healthy because it only feeds more and more this identity of the duality of what they did to us yeah. and that is disempowering in another kind of way and so I say and I'm going to re say a little bit uh, again again here the whole approach to communication sharing healing listening and un understanding has got to be more about how we engage with each other now than living in history I, I, not, I have a doubt whether it can be healed through going on and people feeling bad and guilty and people feeling hurt and wounded just by the past a little reference, fine be clear, fine but it's the compassion, as you said and the love and the healing and the support to me, that is more effective that's my view mm. Oh, look, I think that's that's very close to to my understanding. Yeah. Oh. And I guess what I'm asking is that people engage that. Yes. That they, and that doesn't mean that you have to categorise a whole group of people. No. But Good. you can often see within someone that you are mm. relating to that shadow. Yes. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's And I guess... <laughs> Yeah, when you have the experience of a local Presbyterian minister telling you that Aborigines are lazy, they didn't invent the wheel, and he's not racist, you know you've got problems in your community. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you start there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much.